0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Hey, uh, today I want to remind us of a a message I spoke a few years ago out here um, that, that over this past 12 months, God has brought back to memory and I have had to live this these last 12 months as much as uh, I'm going to speak it today, and I, I don't know about you, but the, have you ever noticed that there are some days that are different than other days? Come on, there there are some days there are, there are like if I said to you, what did you do on Tuesday, the fourteenth, two thousand and eleven? You'd be like, ah, pff, I don't know, no clue, because that was just an everyday. That was just, a, okay, well, I'm going get up and it's just like, a, it's, a, it's an everyday. But there are some days that are not everydays. They stick in your mind for it. The day I got married was a someday. And all the married people said, amen. if you didn't say amen, you should have been there yesterday. <laughs> the day I held my first child was a someday. The day I discovered the dream in my heart was a someday. I remember last year. Uh, it was a tough year for a whole bunch of reasons. I'm not going to go into my personal world other than my father, who I hadn't seen for years, arrived in this country. Uh, I hadn't seen him for 12 years. He arrived in this country and eight weeks later passed away. So it was a, it was a tumultuous time. I remember the day after he passed away, I, I, it was in lockdown still, level four lockdown. No one was allowed out of their house. I said to Amanda, I need to go for a walk. So I went for a walk, hoping to get some time just to kind of, it had been a whirlwind experience, obviously. I'm walking along and I found the biggest headphones I owned to make a very clear message to anyone who was walking along, I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) Like the big headphones, like our producer wears on the front row headphone, like Princess Leia headphone. Not some little AirPods that you can miss, like big headphones. What I forgot to remember was it was lockdown, so every man and their dog literally were walking out on the streets. So I was walking along, and as I started walking and letting my soul begin to go so it could heal again. You know, some people need to let their soul go into some spaces so that you can heal moving forward. Walking along the street and... I start to cry. And every neighbor that I knew we, we live uh, about 40 minutes north of Auckland in a bit of a small community but a lot of people know each other. Every person I know will be like, "Hi." I'm like, "Dude. <laughs> this ain't sweat." <laughs> "Hi." And can you not see the headphones? So I put my head down even. Like I'm like I'm walking like this. The next thing up, my neighbor's like, "Hi." Are you kidding me? So I, I walk into this track near our house that goes up into the bush, and honestly, I start crying, like ugly cry. You know, there's a cute cry that you can miss, and then there's an ugly cry that everyone knows what you're doing. Like everyone knows what's going on. It's the, there is, there is liquid dripping from every hole in my face type crying. Like it is, so I'm bawling my eyes out. I'm walking through the bush. I sit down, and I'm like, God, I need your perspective on this. Because of the journey I've been on, I'm actually left with more questions than I am answers because of what I've just been through. And I sit looking uh, on a seat. I'm looking across at this kind of little, uh, it looked like a drain or a, or a, a, a water feeder, a storm storm drain feeder into, that goes into the sea right near where we live. And it was just trickling out. And as I'm staring at it, thinking, God, I need your perspective on this. It was like he heard my prayer. Funny that, because he does. And all of a sudden, all of this junk came out of the drain, and what was a trickle became a torrent of water coming out. And I felt like the Holy Spirit saying, in that moment, that's what I want to do in your soul. I want to get the junk out of your soul so that where there is a trickle of me going through, I want to put a torrent of me going through. And I want to tell you, in that day, it changed my perspective of a whole bunch of stuff. I can't look at a stormwater drain without remembering that moment. Every time I go for a walk near my house and I walk up that little, I know exactly where. it is, you walk up a little hill, there's a little bench seat, you look at, I look at that drain and I'm reminded of what God spoke to me. You know that there are moments in our lives that change everything. There are moments in our lives where God comes and He deposits something or He challenges or He gives us a gift or there is a moment that are different than any other moment. They're called one day experiences where where I'm going through my everyday, but all of a sudden I have a one day experience that changes everything. And can I tell you, our one day experiences aren't just about 20 years ago, the day I got saved, and they're not just about one day back where I can believe God that every day could become a one day if I'm walking in the presence of God saying, God, would you use me and would you flow through me, would you turn this every day into a one day? September 11, 2001. Amanda and I were living in America at the time. We were living in a place called Virginia Beach, which 20 minutes down the road has the largest naval base in the world. A friend of mine had just come back to work after having a child, and they would put their child in the childcare center that was attached to our church. Literally, there were our offices and a wall, a common wall that joined our offices and the childcare center. He had put his kid in the childcare center, come into the office. We were sitting in a meeting, and someone knocked on the door and said, hey, you need to come and watch the TV. There's something going down. We walked into this room where they'd set a TV up so we could watch the live news, and we walked in just in time to watch the second plane fly into the trade center. In that moment, it was very plausible that our city was next because we had the largest naval base in the world and three aircraft carriers were docked in the largest naval base in the world So they thought that, okay, after they hit the trade centers and after they hit the Pentagon, that Norfolk could be next. So we went into what is called a state of lockdown where every school, every child care center, and every hospital had armed guards on the doors and it was no one in, no one out. So I'm sitting there with this friend of mine who has his 15-month old daughter, just in the room next door, and we can't get in and we can't get out for half a day. How many of you know that September 11 changed everything? I was traveling a bit back then, and three weeks later, I was on a plane just domestically in America. There was four guarded checkpoints. I thought I was, thought I was in Baghdad. There was four guarded checkpoints to get into the airport. Because September 11 changed everything. That that wasn't an everyday. That was a one day. But can I tell you that the one days that God has for your life wants to change everything from this moment on. When Jesus came and gave his life, that was a one day. When I encountered Christ, that was a one day. I remember the day that I gave my life to Christ for the very first time that was a one day and then when I gave my life to Christ for like the 12th time that actually stuck this time that was a one day as well that God wants to give you one day experiences you know that that there are so many stories in the Bible that literally start with the word one day the day the leper was healed starts with the day one day the day that the child was brought back to life starts with the words one day the story where Jesus looked at the storm and said peace be still starts with one day the were on the water can I tell you that when Jesus is in your world any day can become a one day where he injects himself into your world and all of a sudden what was an every day becomes an epic moment where we know that God has used us in a moment to bring his life and his hope and his love to where we are because one day can change the trajectory of every day let me give you two simple thoughts about one day. Uh, if we're going to live a one, day, a one day life, here's the, here's the first thought. My every day could become somebody else's one day. My every day could become somebody else's one day. I love the story in Luke chapter 5. It says this, one day he was teaching and there were some Pharisees of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee, of Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power Of the Lord was present for him to perform miracles. And some men who were carrying a man on a bed who was paralyzed, these friends were trying to get him and set him down before Jesus. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. They let him down through the tiles with his stretcher in the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus, seeing their face. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralytic man, Friend, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. Broken man, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. Here's a question for us. Are we carrying faith for the healing of someone else? Because religion would say that it's on my faith. If I have enough faith, then God would move. If I have enough faith, then I would be healed. I've got a question for you. How much faith did Lazarus have? You'll get it in a minute. Lazarus was dead, he had no faith. Don't let religion tell you you don't have healing because you don't have enough faith. Let's say that if God is in it, then my everyday can become somebody else's one day because I bring my faith to the situation. Friend, you know, you're at work to bring a one day moment. You're at school to bring a one day moment. Don't go home dejected because your family hasn't been in church with you. Say, God, I'm going to walk into this house believing that I'm going to be a part of one of your one day moments we live in a time in history where more than ever before our world needs christians to stand up believing that their every day could become somebody's one day so what have i got to do how do i position myself how do i prepare how do i get just live life yeah but do i need to change a job and do i need to, get to do some training do i need to do an extra court no no just live life yeah, but, but you don't know my work. There is no one who is really godly and God-honoring. Yeah, same as mine. <laughs> Even more reason why you need to be there. Believing that God would use one of your everydays to become somebody's one day. What if you went to work this week on mission? God, use my everyday. James, you're not just there to show someone's product, even though you can preach well at Sunday Night Live on a whole deal, telling people not to buy coffee and bring a condemnation where there is coffee. God has got you in the bank for being more than a banker. God's got you there so that one of your, hey, we may be talking about budgeting right now, but I'm gonna bring some sense of faith and hope. You're not on a building site to build a building. You are there so that you can be part of someone's every day and see a one day moment happen. Because of their faith, he was healed. So what have I got to do? I've got to wake up every morning and say, Holy Spirit, do what you want to do today. Holy Spirit, I'm not having a quiet time and then the next time I remember you is my quiet time tomorrow morning. Holy Spirit, I'm living open to whatever it is that you want to do so that I can become somebody's one day moment. I remember when we first started our... Melbourne campus, I've told this story many times because I love it. I remember when we first started our Melbourne campus, uh, when we first kicked off Melbourne, we structured the time so that if you were going to preach at Melbourne, here's what we would do. We would get on a 6.30 a.m. flight here. Because of the time difference, you could land there at 8.30 a.m. You'd get from the airport to the church by 9.30 a.m. You'd preach the 10 a.m. service do a leaders meeting in the afternoon, preach the night service, get on the 6.30 flight from there. But because of the time time change, you'd get back at 11.30 p.m. here. So you could do a whole day church and not miss a day here. It It was awesome. I remember one of the times I did that was on the back end of one of our conferences. So we did a conference and I flew out on Saturday and I did the whole deal. I get on the plane 6.30 p.m. and I'm done. Like baked. So I get on the plane and this isn't one of those Preacher stories were like, I didn't want to talk to anyone, and they told me about their marriage, and I led them to the Lord, and then the road behind, I led them to the Lord, and before we knew it, the whole plane was singing, shout to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's not one of these stories. I was just tired. So I get on, and literally, as I sit down and put the seatbelt on, I fell asleep. And then I heard this stomping. You know when you can tell someone's mad? They walk on the plane like this. And because the Lord wanted me to be someone's one day, she happened to be sitting behind me and she's shaking every seat as she sat down and she's agitated. And I'm ready to turn around and shout her to the Lord. But because I'm a patient man, Where's the honor around here? (laughs) Holy moly. So anyway, we do the flight, do the whole thing. We land. Before we got to the gate, I hear this lady wailing, like wailing, crying uncontrollably. It's 11.30 p.m. at night. She is uncontrollably crying. Turn around, I'm like, are you okay? She said, the reason I'm on this flight is this afternoon at lunchtime, I got a call from my mum saying that my sister who has cancer has taken a turn. They don't think she's going to make it. You need to get over here as soon as you can. As we landed, I turned my phone on to get a text message to let me know that she's passed away in the air. And I've missed it, and, and I've I now got to live with this. I said, hey, can I help you? She was crying so hard. Can I help you? Can I help you? She couldn't even get words out after that. I asked the lady in front, do you have a tissue? Because I'm not a tissue kind of guy. So I said, hey, so I borrowed a tissue, gave it to her. So I wrote my name and my email address on a piece of paper. I said, hey, I'm on team at a church here in Auckland. If we could do anything to help you, we'd love to help you. Here's my email address. Please let me know if we can help in any way. The following Monday, I got this email. Hey, last Sunday when we were on the plane together from Melbourne to Auckland, I was flying to see my sister who had been battling cancer for three months. When we landed, I'd received a text saying she'd passed away. I didn't know what to do and felt like my world had been shattered into a million pieces. And then you appeared and offered help. You were an angel sent from heaven. I have that underlined. <laughs> you were an angel sent from heaven. Every time Amanda gets a little bit lippy, I'm like, hey, angel, be careful. You may be entertaining angels unaware. Let me get back to the story. You were an angel sent from heaven. You just had to start there. I haven't been in church for a while. In fact, since I was a little girl. But if the offer still stands, I would like to come and see your church in Melbourne once I get back. Could you let me know where and what time it is? Thank you once again, Christine. I'd like to tell you that next time I was there, she was in church and she was the first one for the altar call. No idea what happened to Christine. All I know is that in that moment, I'm praying. That one of my everydays became her one day and became a link in the journey of her encountering Jesus for herself. Friend, we don't know what's going on in people's worlds around them, but we are hope, we are life. We are. The Bible says be salt and light wherever you go. How do we do that? We just walk into work and say, God, let my everyday become somebody's one day. Ephesians 3.8 says this, my task is to bring out into the open and make it plain what God who has created all this, in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along through followers of jesus just like yourselves gathered in churches this extraordinary plan of god is becoming known and talked about even amongst the angels do you know this extraordinary plan of god looks very ordinary in yours and my day to day Because the extraordinary plan is just using our life, our everyday to become somebody's one day. I remember when I was going through what I went through last year. Band, you can come back and join me. I remember when I was going through what we were going through last year, I found myself at the lowest of low. I was wrung out. I had nothing left. We've got friends of ours, Paul and Sue Schnell. They're great friends of ours. You may know them. He's the GM here at Life. And once lockdown was over, I don't want any letters, once lockdown was over, they would come up and have dinner with us. And for them, it was just dinner. They were just coming up to have dinner with some mates. But at some point during the dinner, one of them who, they're like the parents of Israel, those two, one of them would go, hey, how are you guys doing? We're praying for you. Is there anything we can do for you in this season to help you get through? I've got to tell you, in that moment, it was like someone taking water and pouring it into our soul. And it was like air in our sails and breath in our lungs. Why? Because someone had a dinner with some friends. How does my everyday become a one day? Don't look for the spectacular moments. Say, God, use my mundane moments for there to be an interaction between heaven and earth. God, I'm not disqualified. I I, I don't have to have the right job. I don't have to have the right background. All I have to have is a heart that is open and say, God, use my life to show your greatness in someone else's world. God, would my everyday become somebody's one day? Here's the second thought, and then we're going to sing this again. How great is our God? Because His greatness isn't just locked in heaven, it's in you. It's in me. And wherever we go, we can bring the greatness of God. Number one, my everyday can become somebody's one day. Number two, one day can change the perspective of my everyday. This Christian walk was always supposed to be about walking with a heavenly perspective here on earth, not the other way around. We are called to live with a heavenly lens while we outwalk this earthly experience. We're called to say, God, how do you see this situation? God, what are you seeing here? I need your perspective on that bank balance. I need your perspective on that doctor's report. I need your perspective on my marriage challenge. I need your perspective on my little child. Blessing that's wandered from the Lord. I need your perspective on the dreams that I feel like there's a big delay on. God, I need your perspective as I, because one day can change the perspective of every single day. If we say, God, I need a, I need a, a moment where I see it through your eyes. For the sake of time, in Genesis chapter 12, there's a story of a guy by the name of Abram where God says, I'm going to give you children that you can't count i'm going to make your descendants more numerous than the sands on the shore have you ever tried to count sand on the shore next time you're there pick up a handful count it good luck hey i got better news get your kid to try and count it you're welcome so abram gets this promise from god And in Genesis chapter 15, scholars say 10 to 20 years later, 10 to 20 years after he'd received the promise, we find Abram in a tent. 10 to 20 years? Man, we can't hold on to promises or anything for 10 to 20 minutes in the day and age we live. We get distracted by something. You know, to my 10-year-old, the worst. He's bugging me for a pool at my house. Can't afford a flipping pool. Who are you talking to, dude? So then his mum gets on board. They like conspire. There is division in my house. Angel! So Judah says to me the other day, hey, can we get a pool? I'm like, yeah, one day, mate. Having to know the one day thing's awesome. Three days later, dad, where's my pool? Dude, one day hasn't come yet. Abram holds onto a message for 10 to 20 years. Genesis 15, after all these things, the Lord, word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord, what will you give me? Are you kidding me? The Lord just said to him, I am your shield. I will give you me. I am your reward. And this little turkey says, yeah, but what am I going to get? You're getting me. But Abram said, Lord God, will, what will you give me? Seeing as I go childless in the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abram said, look, you've given me a no offspring. Indeed, no one born into my house is the heir. And the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be you, your heir, but the one who will come from your own body, like I promised, will be your heir. Catch this. Then God brought him outside the tent and said, Look towards heaven. Count the stars if you're able. So shall your descendants be. You ever been in a moment where you can't see the promise of God because you're covered by shame, covered by fear? covered by delay, covered by God. it's not happening the way I want it to happen and Abram finds himself in a tent and can't see the stars because he is covered by something. So many Christians are in the tent of shame, in the tent of delay, in the tent of denial, in the tent of regret. God I can't see your promise and what God wants to do in this moment is say, come on out of your tent and see the, the thing the way I see it. see your future the way I see it. see you see the horizon the way I see it because I'm not covered by your shame or your regret but I see the bigger perspective. And I believe that in one moment, my perspective can be changed for every day because of one moment in one day. There's a couple out that used to come out here. They now go north. Their names are Chris and Peter Amys. I think it was about six or seven weeks ago, I got a call from Pete saying, hey, our son-in-law has just been taken to hospital with a brain aneurysm. 50 years old. I think he was 50 or around there. I said, Pete, I'm going to be praying this weekend. That Monday, I get a call from Pete saying, hey, he didn't make it. We're preparing. We're we're planning a funeral. I said, Pete, I'm so sorry. That Friday, Pete was over at our house having a cup of tea. And I look at Pete. I said, Pete, how are you? He said, Scott, I'm heartbroken on one hand, but I'm full of peace on the other hand. And I can't explain it, but I don't know how people get through these moments without God. Because when you see it through His perspective, it changes the view on which I journey this whole thing through. And church, I wonder today how many of us need to be reminded that one of my everydays can become somebody's one day. That when you go to work tomorrow, don't just go to work, say, Holy Spirit, here I am. Don't just go and build a house or do a bank or teach some kids or be at home with your own kids. Say, God, would you use my everyday? to become somebody's one day and then maybe some of us you're in the tent and you can't see the horizon that God has for you and in a moment he wants to open your eyes so that the that in one day the perspective of every day can be shifted so that you see your future the way God sees it you see the dream the way God sees it you see hope the way God sees it that you're not covered and contained but God would say come on out of that tent because I want to show you what I see so that you can live every." Every day with the perspective that I have, not the limited perspective that you have. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you were encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at any of our Auckland campuses. If you're not in Auckland, then check us out. Church online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifenz.org or download the Life app to stay connected and find out more.